Good morning. Uh, as you may know, my name is David Lee, and uh, I'm an intern pastor here at Eagle Ridge Bible Fellowship. And as Pastor David mentioned earlier, today is my last Sunday working as an intern pastor, and I'm really uh, honored to share the Word of God with you this morning. When I was serving in the UK, uh, one of my friends often greeted people with an interesting question. Instead of, how are you? She will ask, how is your soul? Uh, in fact, her question is not so different from how are you. But it always helped me to pause and think about how I really am. So I'd like to ask you the same question this morning. How is your soul? Amen. <laughs> yeah, so some of you are maybe are excited about something or filled with grateful heart and joy. Or are you exhausted and worried about something? Or you just don't even know how your soul is. So how, how's your soul? A few days ago, I was still trying to finish my sermon prep. And God asked me the same question. And I just realized that I'm exhausted. I want to have a break. Uh, and uh, now that I'm facing the end of my season serving as an intern pastor, I believe the new season is coming for me and my family. But I feel like I'm not ready to face another uncertainties and challenges. While with all the worries, fears, and exhaustion, I found that my soul was deeply downcast within me. And I was telling God the honest, as I was telling God the honest status of my soul, he reminded me that I'm not the only one who felt like this. Uh, there was one person, at least in the Bible, who went through some serious downcast of his soul, and his name is Moses. Uh, let's read Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of bushes. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. 
And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So last week we heard what Moses went through before he ended up in the wilderness of Midian. In short, Moses, he was rescued by an Egyptian princess from the river and lived as her son for about 40 years. And one day he saw the injustice that an Egyptian was doing to his fellow Israelite. So he murdered the Egyptian to bring justice on his own. But uh, it did not go as he wished, and he had to flee to the wilderness of Midian. There he met a family of the priest of Midian and got married and to, to one of his daughters and had a son named Gershom and lived with his wife's family. So Exodus chapter 3 that we just read is the story of 40 years after Moses fled to the wilderness of Midian. So Moses is now 80 years old, and he has been shepherding to help his wife's family business. Uh, since Egyptians despised the shepherds, uh, it must have been hard for him to decide to become a shepherd, but he did not have many other choices. You know, in the, in the wilderness, the higher education that he learned in the palace was not very uh, useful. His formal social status mm, didn't mean much. So he finally accepted this hard and despised job as he was hitting the rock bottom. Although he was married and had a son, I wonder if he was still dreaming to go back to Egypt one day. Maybe that's why he named his first son Gershom, which means a sojourner, a foreigner, a guest in a foreign land. I felt like even every time he calls his son's name Gershom, it must have reminded him that he does not belong in this wilderness. He has to go back to Egypt. But I also wonder if this dream of Moses ever came true until he became 80 years old. As he expressed in his son's name, life in the wilderness of Midian must have been very different from life in the palace in Egypt. As a foreigner, he had to relearn everything, like a child, new culture, new customs, how to survive in the wilderness, how to shepherd sheep, etc. Fleeing from Egypt, leaving everything behind, was already a big change for him. But now he had to change his way of life completely. And as he was finally getting used to his new life in the wilderness, his dream, passion, and hope faded away. And one day he found himself aimlessly wandering in the foreign land as a sojourner, a guest for 40 years. And as I said, he's 80 years old and uh, he's shepherding and nothing really excites him anymore. Uh, anyways, there's nothing much to see in the wilderness when you're shepherding. Just you see the same thing every day, do the same thing every day. Uh, he already lost his hope to go back to Egypt long ago. Actually, he forgot about Egypt. It has been too long. And, you know, his passion for justice also vanished. Once he thought he's special, but now no one cares about him. Even if he go back, 
goes back to Egypt, will anyone even try to arrest him? He must have been forgotten. And he also forgot who he was. Is he Israelite? Is he Egyptian? Or is he Midianite? Who is he? Who am I? Moses, Moses was not sure about anymore, but does it matter? He was just wandering in the wilderness, just like the name of his son, Gershom, a sojourner, a foreigner, a guest in a foreign land. In fact, Israelites in, the, in Egypt were also in the same status. When God called their ancestor Abraham 400 years ago, God has a special purpose for them to bless and restore the broken world through Abraham's family. But while the Israelites were staying in Egypt for about 400 years, this special calling was lost. 400 years were long enough for Israelites to lose their hope for God's promise and their identity as the people of one true God. Just like 40 years were long enough for Moses to forget about his hope and identity. So Israelites were also wandering in a foreign land, not knowing who they were and what they were supposed to do. There were also Gershoms, a bunch of Gershoms. What about Egyptians and the world? In the beginning, God created humans in his own image to share his authority with them so that they can rule over the creation with love, truth, and justice as God does. But the people in the world lost this purpose of God for them and were doing the exact opposite thing. Think about Egyptian kings. They were oppressing people and abusing authority for their gain. They might have thought they knew who they were and what they were doing, but in reality, they also were wandering around without knowing their true purpose of their life. In this sense, I believe the whole world, including Egyptians, was also just like Moses, Gershom. But God did not forget Moses, as he did not forget Israelites, Egyptians, and the world. In God's perfect time, he came down to meet Moses, to give him a new passion and dream to save Israel, so that God can continue to do his restoration project through Israel. And now Moses was called to be sent out for this great salvation of God, God bringing Israelites out from slavery. You know, although everyone seemed to have forgotten about their calling and identity, God really did not. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, it says, God remembered his covenant. However, it does not mean that God forgot about something and suddenly, oh, I remembered. That's not what it talks about. It rather means the opposite. This is to emphasize that God never forgot. God did not forget about the covenant. And he is acting on it as he always has been. And now Moses, Israelites, and the whole world forgot about their calling, identity, but God did not. So if you, some, if you somehow feel like you have lost your hope, calling, dream, passion, or identity, 
Don't worry. God remembers. And he will act on it as he is doing it to Moses now. He actually already came down to save you, to help you. He remembers and he does not forget. But Moses, he forgot. <laughs> he forgot. He forgot who he was and his passion for justice. You know, while going through the storms of his life, his soul became deeply downcasted. So he questioned back to God. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? That must have been a genuine question. Who's Moses? Is he Israelite? Is he Egyptian or is he Midianite? Is he a good man who seeks for seeks justice or just a brutal murderer? Is he a special person that God miraculously saved from the water? Or a fugitive that no one cares about anymore? Is he a glorious prince of Egypt or a despised shepherd? Who is he? Who am I? That must have been a genuine question. So how can Moses know that he can do such a great task when he doesn't even know who he is anymore? In fact, he tried. He tried to do the same thing once, and now see, you see where he is. He completely failed. Also, he's 80 years old. So maybe it's too late to dream such a wonderful thing. His soul has been so downcast within him. And this great encounter and calling from God couldn't really, didn't really excite him. With his experience of failures and prolonged despair in the wilderness, he genuinely thought that he's not capable of that great task. And aren't we all familiar with these feelings? Even among my Christian friends, I often hear something like, oh, she or he will never change. Or it's, it's not going to be different. Or this is what it is. You know, I don't judge them when I hear something like that because I also feel the same for some of the things in my life. While I was preparing for this sermon, I could really relate to Moses and what he must have felt in the wilderness because I also left my country 10 years ago and wandering around the world ever since. <laughs> Especially when I came to Canada four years ago, I really felt just like Moses, a foreigner in a foreign land. Uh, because I just came here as a visitor and God told me to stay and I had nothing, no visa, no car, no bank account, no credit, sorry, no MSB, oh, no, nothing. No house to stay. Thankfully, my mother-in-law allowed my family to stay in her house. But when I was working as a missionary in the UK, wow, we talked about big dreams. We talked about we're going to change the nations. We're going to end the Bible poverty. You are a nation changer. That's what we talked about. And I believe so. I thought... Yeah, I have a special calling from God. I can change the nation. But then once 
I came to Canada, I felt like, oh, I'm such a useless person here. Just can't do anything. I know nobody. Nobody knows me. Nobody calls me. Nowhere to go. Oh, I don't even have a car to go. That's what I felt. And, yeah, and I really started to question the same question. So who am I? It seems like everything that used to define me, or I thought I owned, disappeared. So who am I? But actually, the true question is, how will God bring me, us, and Moses up from this deep frustration and despair? This is God's answer to Moses' question. He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. So what a wonderful answer. Moses was asking who he is, and God is answering that, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, here, God is totally shifting the focus. Who Moses is really does not matter as an ultimate king of this world. God is now sending a messenger who will deliver his message to this feeble man who believes that he's God and king, the Pharaoh. When God is sending his word, the messenger will also bring the authority of God so that the word of the messenger will be heard as the word of God. In this sense, whom the messenger oh, does not matter at all. The messenger is not supposed to rely on his own authority, but on the one who sent him. So isn't this already enough for Moses to humbly obey God's calling. But that was not all. Here God told Moses that, I will be with you. This means as Moses is going to deliver the message, God himself will also go with him. With all his authority and power, God will go with Moses. So does it really matter who Moses is? Yes, it does. I also believe this is a wonderful answer because God does care who Moses is. And in this answer, he told Moses who he is. But God did not use any word that used to define who Moses was. He didn't say anything about his nationality, job, capabilities, success, or failure. But he told Moses that God's presence with him is now his identity. I believe the reason God used himself to define Moses was that everything changes, but God does not change. All the things that Moses used to define himself are not permanent. All of them can change and have been changing. He used to be a prince of Egypt, but not anymore. I mean, he used to be young and passionate, but not anymore. And now he's a shepherd, but, you know, who knows when this will also end? He has lost all his hope now, but that's also not unchangeable. But God does not change. So what God told Moses is the only true answer, answer that will last, no matter where Moses is or what he does. This identity will stay when Moses is in the wilderness when he's taking care of sheep. This identity will stay when Moses is talking to Pharaoh. 
And this identity will stay when Moses becomes the leader of Israel because God does not change. God's presence will also stay when Moses faces problems that seem impossible to solve. And this presence of unchanging God can change everything else. And God gives Moses further explanation of whom God is. And while answering Moses' next question, who are you, God? What's your name? Then Moses said to God, if I come to people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So as an answer to Moses' next question, who are you? God revealed his personal name. I am who I am. In verse 14, God told Moses that his name is I am, which in Hebrew, and in verse 15, God asked Moses to call this name as He is, third person, which is Yahweh in Hebrew. And many of the English Bible uses the word Lord with all capital letters instead of Yahweh. So if you find the word Lord, L-O-R-D, with all capitals in the Bible, that's actually where God's personal name, Yahweh, was used. The practice was actually began by the Jews hundreds of years before Christ. Since they did not want to mispronounce or even say this holy name, they substituted them with Adonai, which means Lord in Hebrew. They did so that they can prevent violating one of Ten Commandments that says, you shall not take the name of Yahweh, your God, in vain. And this practice is followed today in English translation of the Bible to show reverence for the holy name. So, and this name of God, I am, has so much deeper meaning in it. You can write a book about it. Actually, there are many books about it. <laughs> it tells us that God is not defined by anything else but only by himself. All the Egyptians, they had many gods, but they are named and defined by humans. They were actually not gods because they were the creation of humans. But Yahweh is different from those man-made gods. He is who he is. He is different. Yes, he is holy and he is God. The only one true God. In English translation, we translated God's name as I am. But in Hebrew, it also means I will be or I will become. And as God told Moses, he was the God who was with Moses' ancestor, made covenant with them. Now, he is God who came down to save Moses and the Israelites. And he will be the God who will do what he has promised because he was and he is and he will be. 
That's who he is. And whenever Moses and Israelites will need divine help, he will become their help and salvation because that is who he is. And as I said earlier, God does not change. Yahweh, who revealed himself to Moses, is the same God who's with you, who's with me, who is with us. This is what Apostle John wrote in the book of Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And because this Yahweh God is going, going with Moses, he will be able to do, Moses will be able to do what he was called to do. And Yahweh continues to tell Moses what Moses has to do and what will happen and what God, Yahweh God, will do. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of, out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, and now please let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing, you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. The task that Moses was given was very, very, very simple. All he had to do was to go, go to Egypt, gather elders, talk to them about God's plan, and go to Pharaoh with the elders to deliver the message of God. That's all. Just a messenger. However, God told Moses that Pharaoh will not listen to him unless he really sees the power and authority of God who's present with Moses. And to show his presence, God will do all the mighty works. All Moses was asked to do was say yes to God and deliver the message. Although earlier God asked Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, God already planned to do all the work that needs to be done by himself. The unchangeable and the great I am will change things upside down. And he will be with Moses until the end of his calling. And spoiler alert, <laughs> Moses will be able to do what he was called to do because the presence of Yahweh will be with him until the end. And the same presence will be with Joshua when he will become the next leader of Israel after Moses. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. 
Also, God gave the same identity and promise to the people of Israel as they were about to do their calling from God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dread of them. For it is the Lord, the Yahweh, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. God is with Moses, and that's who Moses is. Joshua, God is with Joshua, and that's who Joshua is. God is with Israel, and that's who they are. And this presence of Yahweh God was the only reason that Moses was able to bring Israelites out of Egypt. And Joshua was able to lead Israel to victory. And Israel was able to conquer the promised land. And this presence of God was the identity of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 25 to 29, someone asked Jesus a same question that Moses, Moses asked about himself and God. And this is the answer of Jesus. So they say to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And when Jesus was lifted to heaven, he also told us that this is our identity now. The presence of Yahweh will be the only reason for us to be able to face this world that seems hopeless and to do our calling that often seems impossible. In Matthew uh, chapter 21, 28, verses 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So my dear family, if your soul is downcast, just like Moses, take heart. If the task ahead of you seems too great for you, don't be overwhelmed. He who was with Moses is now with you. He who was with Joshua and Israel is now with you. He who was with Jesus is now with you. The presence of Yahweh is with you. And this is your identity that will never change. He was God who created heaven and earth. He is God who's with us now. And he will be with you until he finishes his good work in you. So take heart and don't be afraid. God who remembered Moses remembers you. God who saved Israel will save you. Our Yahweh, God hasn't changed. God who is with us is who he is. He is with you and this is who you are. And this is also my testimony of who God is. So who am I? 
that I'm standing here this morning and preaching the word of God. I know I'm not worthy of delivering a single letter of this message. But I also know Yahweh who led me to stand here today and that He is with me. And that's the only reason that this unworthy, incapable, unreliable David Lee can do this. So I praise God who is with me and who is with us.